0: We're gonna go over the verses basically and a little bit of the meaning of Al-Imran. Al-Imran is a great surah. It talks about so many so many things. It has a lot of uh, um, great virtues in it. So if you know as, as we know we're in Ramadan so we have to kinda understand the Qur'an better. Having an understanding of the Qur'an is amazing as a Muslim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us all steadfast and accept our fasting. Allahumma ameen. So we start off with the beginning of the surah by reciting the verse and then talking about the meaning in English and so on, inshallah. Alif Lam Mim That's the first verse of Al Imran and Alif Lam Mim as we all have heard before are verses that have been mentioned in the Quran many times and while some people say it does not have any meaning to it a lot of ulama and scholars say, yeah, they do. They have a lot of meanings to it. And the meaning to alif, lam meem is basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is challenging those who read Qur'an and know the Arabic language, the Arabic language. As we know, Arabic language is a deep language. It's not a, it's not a soft language. It has a lot of strong meanings in them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used those letters, alif, lam meem, Kaf ha ya ain Sad, Kaf Noon so many letters were used to um to speak this language and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke this this Quran. He spoke this Quran to us and Allah has challenged us, saying, Okay, this Quran is made out of Alif, Lam, and Meen. The next verse, Surah Ali Imran is Allah, Allah there is no God, there is no deity, there is no Lord worthy of being worshipped except Him, alone, with no partners, He is the ever-living and the all-sustaining, He is the ever-living and the all-sustaining, so He is the one that gives sustenance and he Will never die. Allah, the greatest, will never die. He is the only deity worthy of being worshipped. You said the first letter you said sound like Hebrew. Elif Lam Mim. Hebrew is derived and very related to the Arabic language. A lot of the words in Hebrew. Are very very similar to the Arabic language, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made that apparent and made that very, um, uh, you know, very shown in the in the Quran and the uh, other uh, books that was revealed to the prophets, as in the Jibreel and the uh, the Torah. I mean the yeah the, uh, the Torah and the Bible. The next surah, the next ayah, the verse, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says: نزل عليك الكتاب بالحق مصدقا لما بين يديه وانزل التوراة والانجيل. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala comes in this verse and says, "He has revealed to you, O Prophet of Allah Muhammad, the book in truth, which is the Quran, confirming what came before it. As he revealed the Torah and the gospel. The Torah and the Injil. Okay. So Allah ta'ala is mentioning this to us. He's saying he has given you this book. The Quran. And while confirming the Torah and the Injil. The Torah and the Bible. Now we have to realize something. We're talking about the original Torah and the original Bible. So when we come to a debate and we're talking about, okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said he's confirming the Torah. Of course, he's confirming the Torah and the Bible. Obviously, because Allah sent the Torah and the Bible, the Torah and the Injil. And he also confirms with this following verse where he says, Min Kabulu Hudalin Nasiwa Anzal Furan in Ladina Kafarubi Ayatilla Hila Hilahum Adab Shadid Wallahu Azizun Tikam. Allah says, Previously, and this is following the previous verse, as a guide for the people, and also revealed. The standard to distinguish between the right and the wrong. Surely those who reject Allah's revelations will suffer a severe torment. For Allah is the Almighty capable of punishment. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful, He is also capable of punishment. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala follows us. Or gives us this following verse, saying, Surely nothing on this earth or in the heavens is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing. Nothing in your heart, or in your mind, or in your tongue, or anything. Nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa (laughs) ta'ala. He is the one who shapes you in the wombs of your mothers. As he wills. So our looks, our shape. The way that, that we we come out of our mother's wombs, this is the work of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala the Almighty. This is the works of the greatest. This is the works of our Creator, the Almighty, the All Wise. He did it on purpose. When we start saying, "Why did Allah do this to me? Why did Allah give me this nose, this eye, this mouth, this these ears?" How come Allah gave me this hair? How come Allah is get, gave me this and that? We have to realize because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most wise. Allah is the most wise and that's why he did it this way. The other day I was I just started following this one brother, mashallah, and was really, really touched by his story. He was born without the capability of hearing. He wasn't able to hear. The, the canal in his ear was not connected. But, SubhanAllah, with the miracle Allah Subhanahu wa taala has given him, he's able to hear. The doctors don't know why, the doctors don't know how. But he was able to hear, SubhanAllah. Inshallah, if I had the, the opportunity, I will share one of his stories from his um, from his channel. Amazing brother. Allah chose to give him that type of life for wisdom that he has but I think it made that brother very strong it made him very strong by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the next ayah it's a longer ayah so bear with me <laughs> الكتاب وأخر متشابهات فأما الذين في قلوبهم زيغ فيتبعون ما تشابه منه ابتغاء الفتنة وابتغاء تأويله وما يعلم تأويله إلا الله والراسخون في العلم يقولون آمنا Allah says in this verse and this is verse number 7 He is the one who has revealed to you O Prophet of Allah the book Quran of which some verses are precise they are the foundation of the book why others are elusive, those with deviant hearts follow the elusive verses, seeking to spread doubt through their false interpretations. But none grasps their full meaning except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one knows their intentions except for Allah wa ta'ala. As for those well grounded in knowledge, They say, we believe in this Quran, it is all from our Lord, but none will be mindful of this, except people of reason. As I said, we are only reading the recitation, or we are reciting this, these verses, from Surah Al-Imran and we are reciting also the meaning of this in English we're not going into tafsir or anything like that because I'm not a scholar so I'm not going into tafsir but I am sharing with with you the meanings of this um, surah because I think it's very important that when you read the Quran you also know the meaning of the Quran not only Memorize it or just know it by heart or whatever. So we go into ayah number 8. Allah says, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةِ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَّابِ They say, Our Lord, do not let our hearts deviate after you have guided us. Grant us your mercy. You are indeed the giver of all bounties. Who say that? Those who say that are the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the previous ayah. illa ulul albab. Those of understanding only remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا They say, O oh Allah, O oh our Lord, do not let our hearts deviate after you have guided us. Ameen. And grant us your mercy. Ameen. You are indeed the giver of all bounties. This is a great supplication for us, as Muslims, when we are supplicating and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything, we can use this verse as a supplication. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَّابُ The next one is also a supplication, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is giving us another supplication. So we have this um, this guideline. This guidance of making dua and supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is another supplication that we have to use. When we don't know what to say, what to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, use this supplication use the one before it, the Quran has many supplications for us to um, use so that way when we feel stranded, we feel down, we feel you know we need something to say to Allah SWT, ask Allah SWT for something then we use these supplications. This supplication which is verse 9 in Surat Al-Imran Allah SWT says, our Lord, for us to say our Lord and this also indicates that those people of understanding in the previous verses supplicate to Allah SWT, they say our Lord you will certainly gather all humanity of the promised day or to the promised day about which there is no doubt surely Allah does not break his promise Allah does not break his promise so those two, those two supplications come together. Robbana, let us pull Bana Bada idha deitana, Wahabela, Miladun, Karachma, in Naka and Tel Wahab, Robbana, in Nakaja, Miruna, Silia, Mila, Riba, Fi, in a law, Hala, Yukliful, This is important, guys. This is important for us me and everybody else who's listening or watching. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not break a promise. And He promised that if you supplicate to Him, He will give you. If you ask Him for something, He will give you. He promised that. And Allah will never break His promise. Now we go into the next page of Surah Al-Imran, which is um, verse number 10. Allah the Most High says, "Inna al-ladina kafaroo la tughniy ahum amwalhum wa la auladhum min Allah shay'a wa ulaikhum waqoodun nahr." Indeed, neither the wealth nor the children of the disbelievers will be of any benefit to them against Allah and they will be the fuel for the fire, for the hellfire. Let's think about this just a little bit. We see those non-believers the Kuffar, the Mushrikun. We see them, we see how they're doing, how they live in their life. Some of them are very wealthy. Some of them have a lot of family, children, and and children and friends and all that. But do you think those those children or that wealth will help them anywhere in front of eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they don't use it according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or according to the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam? In this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us Indeed, neither their wealth that money that they have, all that gold that they have, all that wealth and the properties, and all that power that they have, neither that, nor their their children, will help them or benefit them in front of the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Instead, they will be the fewer to the hellfire. May Allah keep us away from the hellfire. Allahumma amin. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an example. He gives us an example of those who were non-believers before us. Allah says, كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا فَأَخَذَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَاللَّهُ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Their fate will be like that of the people of Pharaoh and those before them. They, will re- they all rejected our signs, the signs of Allah. So Allah sees them for their sins and Allah is severe in punishment so allah tells us that the children nor the wealth will help you against allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those are the two things that people are working very hard very hard to gain in this world money and family and some people, they don't care about having, you know, family, family, like, you know, like brothers, sisters, sons, or daughters, or whatever. They care about having people around them. Like Pharaoh, Allah wa ta'ala gave us the example of Pharaoh right away. In ayah verse number 11. Allah says, <laughs> And the fate of those non-believers is similar to the fate of, Pharaoh and his people. Those who came before us. Who do you know. On the face of this earth. In the history. Got more wealth than Pharaoh. Pharaoh got so much wealth. Or the Pharaohs in general. They got so much wealth. It's unbelievable. So. Did that wealth ever help them? against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No! No! He wasn't even close to helping them. Allah Allah says here, they all rejected our signs. They rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned all the signs that He sent to the Pharaohs by Moses, peace be upon him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they rejected those signs. So Allah sees them for their sins. فأخذهم الله بذنوبهم. He sees them for their sins, and Allah is severe in punishment. Allah is severe in punishment. He is He is merciful. He is the Rahman, al-Rahman, but He is also severe in punishment. You go against Allah subhanahu wa taala, you will get punished. We ask Allah subhanahu to keep us away from the punishment of Allah and to grant us His mercy in this dunya and the akhirah. Allahumma amin. Then Allah subhanahu wa taala tells us to tell the disbelievers or you who disbelieve, قل للذين كفروا ستغلبون وتحشرون إلى جهنم. O Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to the Prophet here and he's also speaking to those who read the Quran and believe in the Quran tell the disbelievers soon you will be overpowered by Allah the Most High and driven to hell what an evil place to rest And that's something that we don't realize. That hell and heaven are the resting place after we die. We die, we're going to go into an eternity life. An eternal life. And this eternal life is either heaven or hell. One of those two. It starts from the grave. start getting the... The signs of it from the grave until you get to the judgment in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, with ayyadhu billah, could be hell. For the kuffar, is hell for sure. For the Muslim, by the will of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, is heaven. It's eternal, it's forever and ever. So, we need to work very hard. We need to work very hard to get to that Jannah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us and the ones that we love, Jannah. Allahumma ameen. Allah gives us another verse that has to do something with the previous verses. And this is the beauty of the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects things together. Here in verse number 13, Surah Al-Imran, Allah says, قَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي فِيَتَيْنِ فِيَةٌ تُقَاتِلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَأُخْرَى كَافِرَةٌ يَرَوْنَهُمْ رَأْيَ الْعَيْنِ وَاللَّهُ يُؤَيِّدُ بِنَصْرِهِ إِنَّ فِي ذَٰلِكَ لَعِبْرَةً الْأَبْصَارِ Indeed, there was a sign for you in the two armies that met in the battle. One fighting for the cause of Allah and the other in denial. They're disbelievers. The believers saw their enemy twice their number but Allah supports with his victory who he wills surely and this is a lesson for people of insight so that's the talk that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us regarding the disbelievers and the non-believers and all that now he gives us a little bit of a taste of what we are living through today. And then he says, in verse 14, Surah Al-Imran, which is Surah number 3, زين للناس حب الشهوات من النساء والبنين والقناطير المقنطرة من الذهب والفضة والخيل المسومة والأنعام والحرف ذلك متاع الحياة الدنيا والله عنده حسن المآب the enjoyment of worldly desires, women, children, treasures of gold and silver. And here when it says children, having children as offsprings. The fine horses, the cattle, and the fertile land has been made appealing to people. That is the thing that appeals the eyes and that is the thing that people are after. The enjoyment of the worldly matter or the worldly desires. Women having wives, having children, having treasures of gold and silver, having fine horses, beautiful horses, having the cattle and the fertile land. All that has been made appealing to the people. These are the pleasures of this worldly life. But with Allah is the finest destination. Now, where Allah subhanahu taala follows it with another beautiful ayah that has to do with the one before it, connected verse fifteen, Allah subhanahu taala says, "Will I not announce to you better than that? نات تجري من تحتها الانهار خالدين فيها وازواج مطهرة من الله والله بصير بالعباد say o prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi shall i inform you of what is better than that What is better than the worldly pleasures that we just talked about in the previous verse? Better than all of that. Those mindful of Allah will have gardens with their Lord under which rivers flow to stay there forever. and pure spouses along with Allah's pleasure and Allah is all seeing of his servants Allah has given us an alternative to the the worldly pleasures and the alternative is Jannatun Gardens تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ With rivers that flow under it. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا It's staying there forever and ever and ever eternity. وَأَزْوَاجُ And pure spouses and wives. Spouses in general, wives, husbands. وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ And the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah being pleased with us and Allah is the all-seeing of his servants wallahu baseer bil ibad which servants oh allah which servants are those allatheena yaqooloona rabbana innana amanna faghfir lana dhunubana wa qina adhaban nar those servants are who pray and say, Our Lord, we have believed. So forgive our sins and protect us from the torment of the fire. Those are the servants that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about. Five types. It is they who are patient sincere obedient charitable and who pray for forgiveness before dawn and that is in the fajr time praying for forgiveness and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them this is verse number 17 from surah ali imran which is number 3 from the quran my dear brothers and sisters I hope you all benefited from this a couple of minutes of reminder for me and yourself. Whoever is watching, whoever heard, whoever saw, whoever was with us. Jazakumullah khair, barakallahu feekum. Inshallah, we will come back again as promised every day to go over either a verse from the Quran, a hadith from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or anything that has to do with our islam with our deen something that would remind us something that would get that something that would boost our iman because iman could be boosted and iman floats up and down up and down so when you remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and talk to people about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you boost that iman and if you are not talking about Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, you're not remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You're not doing what you got to do, then the iman will go down. And then what you got to do is come back and boost it up again, and come back and boost it up again. And that's how iman is, and that's how we believe. Iman yazidu um, wa yankus, nizidu ta'at, wa yankus ma'asi. Iman can get boosted and can get raised by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is by worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being uh, a better servant and it will decrease by doing whatever is opposite to that doing sins and staying away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <clears throat> so thank you all for being with us and inshallah we'll see you next time by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is the fifth day of Ramadan, May Allah accept our fasting and our gathering and our um, reciting the Quran and, uh, and staying up all night um, praying and I'm going to tell you a quick um, working hard, uh, smarter but not harder tip which is something that I was sharing with my kids the other day Allah's Messenger sallam, <coughs> told us whoever finishes a gathering and says, Subhanakallahumma will wa bihamdika. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illa anta. Excuse me. Whoever says, Subhanakallahumma will be hamdika, Ashadu Allah ilaha illa anta, Astaghfiruka <coughs> wa Atubu uleka. Whoever says that at the end of the gathering, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will switch all his sins. To good deeds. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So whatever sins you had before this, say this du'a. And obviously, this is for the minor sins, not for the kabeer. This is for the minor sins. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika. Ashhadu an ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa ilaik Thank you for being with us again, and we'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace.